I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The Orange finished the season 23-14, and 14, and what a fantastic run it was. Fans and players alike have nothing to hang their heads about. We'll talk about the 69-65 loss to Duke. We'll check in with Cuse Nation and see what they had to say after the game. And look at the roster heading into next year. Let's go. guys have, uh, I mean, they've had an incredible end of the year. Uh, I've never uh, been any more proud of the team for what they've done in these this last uh, 10 days to uh, go and play in that first game and, and be able to get that and then to beat TCU and Michigan State. Uh, uh, these guys uh, have a tremendous amount of courage. Nothing phases them tonight. Things weren't going our way for a long time, but they just kept coming back. And uh, Duke is, a, I think, is a great basketball team. They've got uh, as good an offensive team as you're going to find. And we've done a very good job with them both games. But uh, tonight we were better offensively, just not quite good enough. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, with this group, I think that sometimes, you know, we forget that we had seven guys and one of them has got a bad knee. So for these guys to do what they've done, uh, I think it's an amazing thing. And our, our defense has, was, has been good all year, but in this tournament, you know, it's funny. They, everybody just keeps missing against us. It just, we just must be really lucky. Because I'm sure if we just snuck this game out, which we had a chance, it would have been because they didn't shoot well. Just like Michigan State didn't shoot well, and just like TCU didn't shoot well, and Arizona State didn't shoot well. These guys did it. It wasn't any team playing bad or shooting bad. Good teams that shoot 40% from the three don't shoot 25% from the three unless you make them unless you get them away from the shots they want to take. And these guys have done that for four straight games. And I don't think you can give them enough credit for what they've done defensively. But what these guys have accomplished, I don't think you can give them enough credit to be able to beat the teams we've beaten. 
and play the defense the way we've played it. Four teams in a row don't shoot bad. I mean, maybe one or two, but four, I don't think so. So these guys deserve an awful lot of credit. I'm really proud of these guys. Um, they've done just about everything you could hope for. And it's been all year. It's been seven guys all year. It hasn't been just a few games. It's been all year. And they deserve an unbelievable amount of credit. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, I couldn't have said it better myself. What's up, Cuse Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. I know I said this in the last show, but thanks again to all who listen. The audience just keeps growing, and we couldn't be more appreciative for your listenership. Um, you make the show worth doing, and you know, especially all those on, on social media, uh, Facebook most notably. I can't express uh, enough how much we love the interactions, the shares, the likes, the comments. And it's been a great year. It was it was exciting, and uh, Joe and I couldn't ask for much more. Although we hope we grow and, and continue on. But um, all right, the Orange went down swinging in the Sweet 16 against Duke, losing 69 to 65 in front of 17,399 fans at Century Link Center in Omaha. Battle led all scores with 19. He was 7 for 15 from the floor, 4 for 8 from 3, and 1 for 3 from the line. Brissett followed him up with 15, 5 for 15 from the field, 0 for 3 from behind the arc, and 5 for 6 from the free throw line. His performance could easily be overshadowed, though, missing two easy dunks and dropping the ball of another. Howard led Syracuse with 8 rebounds. He had 5 assists, but only managed to score 6 points total for those coming at the free throw line. And the kid who grabbed the hearts of Syracuse fans this year Dijai finished with 13 points. Marek, a timid shooter in the regular season. However, he scored 67 points in postseason play, truly coming into his own. Bagley led Duke with 22 points and 8 rebounds. He shot 66% from the floor. Allen was only 3 for 14 from deep, but he did finish with 15 points. The Orange were out-rebounded 37-33. And finally... Syracuse turned the ball over 16 times, resulting in 18 points for the Blue Devils. Duke had seven turnovers, resulting in eight points for Syracuse. Joe, in a tight game like this, there's always a bunch of things to look back on in retrospect that could be attributed to a loss. But if I had to pick one thing, it's probably the turnovers. I think that was the biggest difference. Uh, you just yeah. can't turn the ball over 16 times against teams like Duke. Uh, most notable, Moyer, uh, his turnover at the end of the first half. With a chance to take a sh- the last shot of the half, what do you think? Well, sometimes um, it's not necessarily the amount of turnovers that you have. It's more like comparative to what the other team had. You know, I don't think it would have been if we had 16 turnovers and then we forced Duke into 14 or 12 or something like that. Then I think, you know, it evens itself out. But the fact that Duke only having seven turnovers and um, I think what well, we had 16. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's pretty much if you look at the numbers, uh, I mean, we, we pretty much had them everywhere that we usually want them, uh, except for maybe some some free throws. You could could have shot some better uh, better on the free throw line. I know Battle missed two, uh, Howard missed one, and a front end of one and one. So if you want to look for a real small thing, then I mean, making some free throws would have probably put us in a situation where we would have been closer at the end and wouldn't have gotten stuck with the whole being down three and getting fouled because. Uh, once you're down three and there's just not enough time, teams are going to do that and they're going to follow you, make you go to the line for two, so so you can't get that three-point play. So a couple of free throws here and there would have probably taken us out of that position to where we would have been able to probably had the ball with one shot and a chance to tie or win. 
um, instead of being down four in the situation we were. So it was definitely the turnovers and the fact that we didn't force enough from them and uh, score enough off of their turnovers. So uh, that that was basically that was basically it. Uh, we pretty much have played the same way that we've been playing throughout the tournament. Um, obviously, giving up a, a couple more points than we we have, but it's Duke. So we we definitely play better on the offense, and I would like to maybe see. Shaver set play uh, shoot a little bit better percentage, um, and I don't know what's been going on with Frank Howard in this tournament and scoring, but he hasn't really been there. He's 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 one of the only guys really not to um, make much of a make make much of a difference in any of the games. I would have to say, um, you know, the you know yeah, he got a little lob happy too. He got a little lob happy, and I was you know the first couple worked, and then after that, you know. It was, it was just kind of a disaster, to be honest with you. What were they? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. One time, like two for six or something like that on the lob pass. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, he was trying it out in front of the defense past the three-point line. Like that's not going to be a very a high percentage play, so especially with Chuku in his hands. Yeah, well, he nabbed a couple of them, but he nabbed a couple of them, but they're, they're, all those were pretty close. So yeah, um, I mean, you know, he missed one too. He did miss one. He did miss <laughs> one. And, and as far as the defense goes, I thought it was another stellar game for the defense. I mean, the defense kept us in the game again. It was just not enough offense, even though it was better, obviously, than last time. I think the yeah. the, the rebound team. surprised me. Yeah, the rebound surprised me. Um, you know, being a neutral court and all, that probably helped out a little bit. But um, Field goal percentage, we almost shot 50%. So, again, it just comes down to the turnovers. It's just that was what it was. Some people I saw on social media wanted to blame the refs, especially in the first half because of the you know, discrepancy, discrepancy of fouls and yeah. stuff like that. But at the same time, if you go back and look, we also – settled for a lot of jumpers and we we weren't as aggressive as we we were in the second half and and when we started playing like that you could see that um that we started getting the calls just like duke was getting so 
Yeah, there was a couple. There was a couple like blatant over the backs, and then there was a blatant travel, like things that are like clear cut. When that stuff's oh, yeah. missed, it really that's what irks me. And there was a couple of those, and you know Bagley. I mean, he took. Oh, he came yeah, up off the ground. They had, co- they had a couple of plays where they had really uh, difficult time figuring out who's like who the ball went off of. Um, yeah. So. You know, well, I thought Chukwu got hit in the face on an and or on one of those alley oops that he probably should have got an and one. I mean, there was some stuff, but not enough in this close of a game to say you know that they ruined it for him. No, well they they only shot, um, what was it, sixty seventeen sixty four percent from sixty four point seven percent from the free throw line. You only know, missed 16. eleven to seventeen. Yeah, eleven to seventeen. So. I mean, you got if you get a couple points there. I mean, you know, they sh- like you mentioned, they shot forty nine percent from the floor. I think that's really good. Yeah. Well, yeah. they get, they hit a couple more. Like I said, they hit a couple more free throws, and it puts us in a position where, you know, Duke can't follow us and put us at a free throw line because that, we're down three or four. You know. Yeah. Well, um, battles. Uh, I think for the year he's like eighty four percent from the line, and he went you know thirty three percent last yeah. night. I know it was only three, but he missed two of them. So yeah, in the front end of the one clutched. and one by Howard, you know, so right. uh, those were clutch free throws, and it's a game changer that late. But overall, though, the biggest the biggest shift came from the turnovers, and you just got to take yeah. care of the ball. And there was a couple fifty fifty balls that Duke just they just they won those battles, yeah. and and um, the little things like that that Duke did helped seal the victory for them. Um, you know, not a great copycat job, though. It fired the team up, but not a great copycat job on the on the jacket throw, in my opinion. It was a little weak. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> I wasn't very I didn't know what he was that. so upset about. It. Me, it was way too early in the game to get that upset. But yeah, I think it was. I think it was a. You know, he was trying to hype him more up of a motivational maybe. tactic. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, That's kind of what I was thinking too. Uh, so, what Wait. about your grade, Joe? What about your grade? Ah, uh, I didn't really think about it. Um. I'd probably have to say uh, probably a B plus. Okay. All right. I think I think that's fair. I think considering I, the the opponent, I mean, probably could have gave him an A minus, honestly, because I honestly think that they played as good a defense as you're going to play against those type of guys, especially the way that those. I mean, I know Bagley and Carter were the reason they won last night, but they were the reason that they beat us by 16 at Cameron Indoor the first time. Our offense played a lot better this time. And we left uh, a lot out there. You know, we left, uh, obviously, the turnovers. Brissett missed a dunk. Chukwu missed a dunk. Howard missed just has two dunks. Yeah, Howard hasn't hasn't been himself as far as scoring, you know, with the free throws and stuff. Uh, the way that we were playing last night on offense, I, I thought that we could have and probably should have scored in the 70s. And um, it, was out, it was on us. But, you know, again, like what Beheim talked about is you have to put put it in perspective as far as, you know, that we're only going with seven and uh, four of these seven are freshmen or guys that haven't really even been a, a big part or had a starting role. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's that's what that's what happens sometimes. Yeah. So and, and it wasn't a fatigue issue, just um, in one of those close games. And we've said you've said all year, you know, keep the games close and, and have a shot at the end. And, and that's what they did. They put the head themselves in position. It just they just came up they just came up short but you know um there's nothing to be um i mean you can be disappointed it was a tough loss it's a hard pill to swallow obviously but you you can't be mad about it 
this team, I love this team. I think they're great. Most, yeah. of, them, most of them are coming back, I feel, and we'll go over that too. But um, I think B plus. I think that's I think that's that's fair for a neutral game uh, against an yeah. opponent like that. Another ACC game, and the ACC games are always, you know, those are all they know us. You know, Coach right. K knows know Coach us. Coach K knows us. And similar opponent. Yeah, exactly. They've seen us already. So, so. Uh, again, like you said, just they're just heart, and they're just a great team to watch. Uh, Great coaching job by Bayheims to be able to realize his personnel and how they have to play the game um, based upon their personnel and their limitations to to be able to compete. And again, like like you said, you said it perfectly. It was more or less, you know, grind it out defensive, you know, keep it close and hopefully you can, you know, make a couple plays at the end of the game to win. And that's pretty much how a lot of the games have been almost all of them. So, yeah. And so you win some, um, you lose some. But yeah. But and when they embrace that. When they embraced that is when they started playing like this. And some yeah. of those games, you know, that's that's when they did. They did. Uh, I think confidence was high. I think they had that going for them. Going right. even even after losing uh, to uh, North Carolina in the ACC tournament, they still had the confidence going into into the NCAA tournament. And after you know getting the bid. And that, yeah. that reaction in the locker room, I think that psyched them up, man. I think it oh, psyched yeah. them up. So, you know, a great season. I loved covering this basketball season. This is our second basketball season on the show, but we were in the NIT last year, and we just weren't really feeling it uh, <laughs> on the show. In the show, you know, I mean, it was a little tough, but I'm just uh, – th- it was a lot of fun, and, uh, you know, it's – it's just great. It's great. So, yeah, um, good run. Right. Yeah, good run. And um, I am, I am, uh, they deserve a ton of credit, like Coach says. All right, Duke has the advantage in the in the series all time, seven to five. Battle finished the season with seven hundred and twelve points, only second to Dave Bing in Syracuse history for a sophomore. His nineteen point three scoring average was the highest since Hakeem Warwick. Uh, he had twenty one point four points in two thousand five. Uh, all. 2018 NCAA tournament games for Syracuse were de- decided by five or fewer points. Coach K leads Division I basketball in the NCAA tournament with wins in 94, and Bayheim is fourth with 56. All right, facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation podcast. Thumb us up there and at Cuse Nation show on Twitter. So, fan reaction after the game. <clears throat> Jim says, Jim from Facebook, I'm so proud of these guys. They took Duke right down to the final buzzer. It couldn't. It could have gone either way. Congrats for a great run in the tournament. Yeah, that's the attitude I think most SU fans should have. Um, Who that, Jim Bam? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know, he's absolutely right. The, the, we talked about it, the tight games. Give him a shot at the end. Jimmy says the 315 is beyond proud of these kids and the heart and fight in them. They never give up when their backs are against the wall. Great finish, boys, and thank you for everything. Uh, definitely a, a great season, and there's a lot of great moments in this season. And a couple bad ones, but none terrible. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. Right? You know but I mean? this, is the, this kind of fan feedback in the, this run is exactly why – you should go into the season and look at the season like we do. Yep. And just one game at a time and stay yeah. positive until you're until mathematically out of it. it Anything exactly. can happen because exactly. look at – I mean there were so many naysayers and so many, oh, NIT bound, this, this, and that. And now, I mean, look at it. Now it's nothing but 
know, we made a run, made it to the Sweet 16, gave Duke all that they could handle, and and any, everyone is, is just so proud of them. And it, it, this is one of those things where it's, you just got to get to the tournament. It well, doesn't matter how the regular season so, looks. You just got to get to the tournament, man. Ab- absolutely. And uh, I think it's best to be that way. It's best to be up there. I mean, why do you want to follow a team and and be, fill yourself with negativity? That's no fun at right. all. That's no fun no. at all. Uh, no. But there is Dre, though. And Dre says, we played terrible. 16 turnovers, missed dunks, should have won by 10-plus in typical Syracuse fashion. All eight <laughs> players will declare for the NBA draft next week. Uh, wow. <laughs> I, I doubt it. I well, doubt it. I guess his expectations for the, for the team were pretty high. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Considering he thinks all of them are going to the NBA. Yeah. So. Uh, Sager, the sad part is we really could have won. Ah, well, looking forward to next year. I wonder if Brissett and Battle will be here. Uh, touch on that, Joe. I think we're going to go over this in the next segment. We're going we're gonna to break up the players and, and give them a little shout-out and see where we're going to end. Well, I can touch on that a little bit is yeah, the fact that that's every single game. Yeah. As far as her comment that she said, I mean, every single game we were in it, we, we could have won pretty much almost every single game this season. There's something, whether it was turnovers or free throws or rebounds, or there's always something. One main Shooting. thing that we just didn't do good that game. Field goal that, percentage, yeah. Right, something, you know, so... Yeah. Uh, Ray says these guys, pl- yeah. These, Ray says these guys played hard, missed opportunity, but it was a great year. They weren't supposed to be any good. Great season, love the heart. We'll get them next year. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, that's kind of that was kind of the vibe I got. Nate says turnovers and missed free throws cost us the game, but these guys fought hard till the end, showed a lot of heart, and I can't wait till next season. I think that's a common sentiment that people, yeah, the people that know. Um, that are in tune with with w- probably who's going to be coming back and the recruiting class coming in. It's yeah. it's going to be exciting when basketball season starts to approach next year. It's going to be get, it's going to get exciting. And don't ever set the expectations too high. But it, it, one thing is for sure that next year, it, um, assuming everybody stays healthy, there will be a bench next year. Okay. Yeah. So we yeah, have there will we be. have that. That's that's a fact. Heather says this team has grown and learned so much this season. Hold your heads high, Cuse, for a job well done. You keep us in it. Made the tournament fun. Congratulations. Rico says great tournament, Orange. Thanks for the great memories this year, especially being my graduation year. Go Cuse. Congratulations on the graduation. Yeah, well, the tournament was definitely most. It was more uh, entertaining this year than last year. That's for sure. Abs- absolutely, uh, Alan. Great year for a very young team with tons of adversity. This run will help future recruiting. Future looks bright. I, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'm with you, Alan. Uh, Michael says, okay, going for stupid slam dinks. And alley-oops worked out bad. I'm just reading what he put. I know. <laughs> we killed Duke, D-O-O-K, on regular shots. Had them. Okay. Uh, Cube yeah. says, great great run in the tournament, Cuse. Fast pace to start the game. Great rhythm. Lost in the second half. Poor guys looked exhausted. I disagree. I don't think they were exhausted. Um, I don't know. <laughs> They've been used to that all year. Yeah, if if there's any type of an exhaustion, it's just exhaustion from this the – Disappointment. The like, whole season, yeah, but yeah, disappointment well, as well, but the whole season, you know? Yeah. It's a long uh, season. It's a lot of minutes to put on people. Right. Um, a couple Duke fans came to our page. Uh, Jared says, as a Duke fan, you guys played great tonight. It was good playing against you guys. Good game, Syracuse. Uh, great sportsmanship there. We appreciate yep. that. I didn't find any trolls from Duke, so that's cool, even though 
I'd be fine if I did. Uh, Antonio, I'm a huge Duke fan, but I also always, always have loved Syracuse since Billy Owens. Orange played a great damn good season this year. This team should be proud of themselves. It's bittersweet in this house tonight. Um, Fred says, thank you for a great season. You showed the world what playing with heart is all about. Never quit, and I'll never quit cheering you on. That's the attitude. Okay, yep. on Twitter, at Artenian2110 <laughs> says, good, I mean, great game. Syracuse played their ass off. That's my brother. Uh, yep. He's a Duke fan. But, uh, yeah, they did. They played their ass off, and they gave – I'm sure my brother was sweating bullets at one point. There's oh, no doubt about come it. on. There's no doubt about it. Oh, I mean, yeah, there's no doubt there was sweaty palms. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> at at Kembury, uh what a ride. Wish it wasn't over. I'm going to miss this so much. Good night. Uh, at J Bonafide, it's okay. The run was fun and unexpected. And this nucleus plus a great recruiting, recruiting class coming in. Let's go. Yeah. Um, at Lomi Q's fan, I do think it's a mistake if we don't add a big. Hope Barama gets through his surgery okay. Um, I mean, we got two of them. And I think they're going to be... They're going to be better next year, and and with the surgery, I think, I think Barama, he, he's going to be. We haven't gotten to really see what he can do. I don't think, right? You, you know, because he's been injured for so long. So, well, it's only time will tell. I'm sure that they're going to look into it, and um, we get more information here as the summer goes along. So, yeah, absolutely. So that's it for the fan feedback on this game. Our last basketball fan feedback of the year. Go to. Facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation podcast and at Cuse Nation on Twitter. All right, Joe, I've got to – we're going to go through this real quick. We'll make this quick and painless, but we're going to look ahead to next season, and we're going to see um, – we're going to start with Tyus Battle because he's really the only question, in my opinion. I mean, you could someone can make the, the case for Brissett. I'm sure he might put his feelers out. But – um, Tyus Battle, uh, Joe, we, we've, we've seen him in the mock draft this week, but I also read that um, I think it was Brent Axe was told by an NBA scout that no one's, no one's considering him seriously. What, what do you think? He doesn't get an agent and he goes and works out? Or That's what? probably the smartest thing for him to do. Uh, I know a lot of coaches encourage it because you get to go out and kind of go through the process, get familiar with it, and uh, you don't have to um, put your name out there. But also you do get those interviews with teams where a lot of times teams will possibly, you know, lie to kids and talk about, you know, maybe falsify a little bit of the information of how interested some other people are. And, and you know, some kids get forced into that. And there's kids that leave early every year that don't get drafted. So, um, I just hope he doesn't fall into that trap. Uh, I mean, they do make money, but as it all depends on how you want to look at it. I mean, the last two years we've had players in Tyler Lydon and Malachi Richardson, where they were looked at as, uh, higher picks, and, and, and looked at as uh, more sought, at, sought out um, at this point in their seasons when they left, and they ended up getting drafted late in the first round, and they've pretty much been in the G League uh, playing um, for the whole season. So um, yeah, well, I saw, it's I, tough. Yeah, it's tough, and you don't know how you're going to land, and you've really got to be good. I mean, the, the, um, the competition's stiff, man. Yeah, you know. So. I mean, I just only hope that you, you know he's uh, 
he's not in a hurry and that he likes school and that he, he doesn't mind coming back and he, he realizes the opportunity that they might have, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next, I said Frank Howard. He'll be he'll be coming back. He's a junior. He'll be he'll be a senior next year. So mm-hmm. Frank, you know, improved dramatically since last year. I think he, oh, yeah. he, he kind of plateaued this year. He was allowed to make. He was allowed to actually have a chance to recover from his mistakes a little bit this year with a thin bench. So um, I think that gave him confidence that he was able to play through some mistakes this year, and um, he got he was definitely yeah. improved, but. He kind of plateaued, but go ahead, go ahead. Oh, you don't know if he's going to have that freedom next year with some of the guys coming right, in, but yeah. uh, I mean, from like you said, from his first two years to to the, this year, the the leaps and bounds that that fans saw him take, I think that there's a lot of people that are comfortable with the fact that he's going to be coming back as a senior uh, point guard, you know, coming into next year. So, yeah, absolutely. So, and that's pretty much a lock. Um, so. O'Shea Brissett's another one, I guess. You know, maybe you're hearing in the rumor mill about him taking off uh, and trying to do the NBA thing. I guess he'll probably do the exact same thing. Tyus is is you know what we think Tyus is going to do: not get an agent and go through the motions. Uh, what he do, might. What, what do you think, Joe? He might. I think uh, he actually probably had the best showing, other than you know last night with Duke, but throughout the whole tournament. He, he looked more like the, the better NBA prospect than anybody else on our team. Um, but again, from listening to interviews, didn't seem like he was really interested in, I mean, I don't want to say interested. I'm sure that, you know, he'll figure it out, probably talk to coach. Coach will probably explain some stuff to him. But, I mean, based upon a lot of the stuff that I've heard, um, he plans on coming back next year. So unless there's some dramatic change between then and now, uh, the draft – or between now and the draft, then uh, I would expect him to be back. Yeah, and, you know, he's going to be – he'll be he's integral. He's going to be a force. If, if he comes back, he won't – that'll be it. It's, it if, if O'Shea comes back, he's done after that, after his, his sophomore year. In my Most opinion. likely. Um, all right, next, let's see. Uh, let's, let's, do, let's do Pascal Chuku. Um, tallest player in Syracuse history at 7'2". He is. He, he has always been um, <laughs> borderline, <coughs> borderline for me. Like you don't know which Pascal you're gonna get. Yeah. Are, are you gonna get the Pascal that's that's ten inches from the rim and tries to lay it in off the glass? Or are you gonna get the one who just tear? You know, wants to rip the rim off. Well, I, I think that we're looking at. I think we've seen, like you said, we've seen. Glimpses of real good play, and then we've seen what in the world is that? It's you the know? hands, and, though, Joe. It's the hands. But but that's what it is because there's a lot of he's not going to put on weight. I mean, you just right. look at people. Right. I mean, you can argue that putting on weight probably doesn't help his knees. Doesn't help. I mean, the big guys can't put on weight like so. As far as his stature, it is what it is. But when he's good, he's good. And um, like I like you said. I would work on with him more or less just, you know, the more mental aspect of the game and uh, and uh, his hands. Yeah, hands. If he works on his hands and he, I mean, he can get real strong hands in the offseason and just work a little bit more on his mental aspect, maybe slow the game down when he has the ball or he gets the ball down low so that he can maybe make some some more baskets after he gets offensive rebounds and stuff. So he's not just scoring up dunks. Um then I mean I'm 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 completely happy with him because of what he does to the to the defense in the middle. His defensive presence in the middle is ridiculous. Um, we're not going to be able to just go out and find a replacement for that. So 
I'm happy with with him coming back as our starting center. Absolutely. Uh, hope, hopefully he can again, like we said, if he, as long as he just works on some of that hand-eye coordination and getting used to, or maybe getting new goggles or whatever he's got going on with that. But <laughs> I don't think it's, the, <laughs> it don't think it's like, the goggles. But Pascal will be a, a senior next year, and yeah. um, and he'll be he'll be back. He has a little bit of some knee issues too. I believe he has tendonitis as well. I haven't heard anything about any kind of end of the season surgery for him. Yeah. But he had his he had his issues uh, throughout yeah, take, the, throughout the year take, as well. Take the time off, rest, get off your knees, like you know, get off your feet, allow your knees to rest, and you got to just work on that hand eye coordination, catching the ball, being strong with the ball. If he just does that. Like think about all the times this year when he got the ball and he got taken away from him or he didn't catch a ball or something like that. Like yeah. think of the things that could have changed in certain games if he could just catch the ball. Yeah, and, you know, and, so yeah. and put it up. It's just so. that easy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And don't bring it down. Keep it don't up. Don't bring it, it down. Like don't little the, stuff like that. Don't put the, the ball on the floor under the rim right. like that. You don't bring the you don't bring the ball down to the little guys. You're seven foot two. You know, you keep right. the ball up tight. Where, where they can't get it. Exactly. So. Um, to wrap up the starting five from this year, we've got Marek Dijai. Now, this this guy is the most improved player on the team from the beginning of the year. He's only a freshman. He's got what seems to be a high basketball IQ, if, yeah. you, if you ask me. He, uh-huh. know, he knows the game, and he's excellent. He really is excellent. He lacks so much confidence earlier in the year Looking at the, remember how many times he would look at the rim and pass the ball off, and you'd oh, be like, yeah. dude, just shoot that, you know. And he has got an awesome turnaround jumper. I mean, 10, 12 feet, you know, somewhere around there, and and almost anywhere around the rim. I mean, he just does these little flip shots. I mean, yep. I love him. I love him. I'm excited for for Marek to to come back uh, in his sophomore year, and. Um, you know, Joe, we talked about this. You think he might get slighted minutes. I don't think – I think he'll be – if he doesn't start, which we'll have to see, but if he doesn't start, he'll be getting a ton of minutes. I think he still gets a lot of minutes. He could be the sixth man off the bench. Yeah. And well, it's it's tough with Beheim because he usually doesn't go that deep, man. And that's like the one thing is – and I talked about it earlier this year is there's people that are getting playing time now that might not get as much playing time next year because it all depends. Right. Um, but he's also in a position where he gra- he gained so much experience and so much game you know game experience and playing that uh, now he's got to do a lot. Uh, all he's really got to do is the physical stuff. And he's in a position now where next year he's probably not going to be. I don't want to say he's. De- I don't. He's definitely not going to get the minutes that he got this year, but he's still going to obviously play and he's still going to be a contributor on the team and a good player off, you know, good. We're not going to have to worry about players getting in foul trouble and stuff like that, but right, be he's, not, he's just not going to be relied upon as much, which might make him even more dangerous next year because of the fact of him coming off the bench. I think and being it, as confident as he is, I think, I think, I think you're underestimating it. A little bit. I think he plays. I'm not underestimating it. I'm under. I'm not underestimating it. Darius Baisley's the number eight ranked player 
He's yeah. a six eight small forward. He's coming in and he's going to start opposite Brissett. Oh yeah, he definitely. There's will. nowhere I else agree for there. Dolce I agree. to go. I I agree. I agree there. But I think he'll be he'll be put in plenty of minutes and he'll be uh, he'll be a big contributor. Oh well, yeah. I mean the 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 way that we're going to be able to play next year is going to be completely different to the way that we played this year as well too. So we're going to be able to spread out more minutes because we'll be able to play faster. And um, Dolce, I'll tell you what though, he will be definitely getting more minutes than Matthew Moyer next year. Well, that brings me to Matthew Moyer. Matthew oh, Moyer. Ironic. <laughs> Matthew Moyer, old crazy arms. He uh, uh, yeah, spaz. <laughs> holy cow. He uh, <laughs> he uh You ever see the you ever see the Kermit the Frog gif? Or gif, whatever the hell they call it, when he's like freaking out, waving his arms all over the place. Yeah. That's Matthew Moyer, dude. It's like the wacky wild <laughs> inflatable tube yeah, man. The, yeah, the tube man, totally. <laughs> uh I don't know if Matthew Moyer stays. I I'm sticking with what I originally thought. I think he if he stays, he's not gonna play. Um, in my opinion. That's it'll probably, be really I tough mean, that's for my him to get minutes. Well. I think he transfers. Uh, if he comes back, I don't think he's going to be much of a contributor. Um, and I just – I don't know what else to say, really say about that. I mean, it's not like we're talking about Matthew Moyer in, in you know, in, in, in looking for his improvement and in, in getting minutes next year. I just don't – I don't see it. So Yeah, it's tough because sometimes you can get away with – football's got so many scholarships that you can sometimes get away with kids maybe not ever really reaching to the point. I, I mean, it's tough because – if he if he understands he's not going to be a professional basketball player and make a lot of money playing basketball, then maybe he wants to stay in Syracuse. You know, maybe his parents are going to make him tough it out. You know, I know that he the transfer there, Elijah Hughes, he was um, he was high school teammates with him. So, you know, I'm pretty sure that they're probably good, good friends. So does he want to leave that situation? So who who knows if he. I mean, he he might not transfer out, but I think we're both in agreement to the fact he's probably not going to get too many minutes next year, barring a humongous improvement or some random transfer or injury. Yeah. Um, Sadibi, uh, he's going to go and have his surgery, and we wish him luck with that, obviously. Hopefully everything's cool with that and comes out okay and on the, on the good side <laughs> of that. I think, you know, a lot of these guys after surgery, you know, they're – they're, these are good doctors. I mean, they're not sending these kids to some scrub doctors. No, you got uh, no. So, I, he's gonna. I think it's gonna work out, man. I think Sadibi, yeah. Sadibi and Chuku. I think they'll both be healthier next year. I think they're gonna get the rest they need. They know what they need to do, and you know, he. We never had. We haven't gotten to really seen Barama play yet without pain. Right, you and know? he does look like he's a little bit better with his hands and a little bit better oh, with, around around the rim and scoring. Uh, his footwork uh, leaves, uh, you know, uh, but I mean, I think it's, it's, it's the same. I mean, we've never really realized, if you look back in, in, in history for, for Syracuse, I mean, they have had some good centers, Eton Thomas, Derek Coleman come to mind, Ronnie Cycli, but that was a little, little while ago. I mean, uh, yeah, like um, Onu, Onuwaku was pretty good, Onu but Waku I mean, when we won the good. national championship, we had Craig fourth, you know, uh, Fab Mello, he was good, but he, was was DQ'd and couldn't play in the in the tournament. So um, we've never really relied on a center that could score. What we've relied on is a center that could be just a disruptive force on defense in the middle and rebound and just be a wow. problem. Yeah. And that's what Chuku and Sidibi are. So they got to get healthy. They both got to pretty much work around the same stuff. Like 
the mental aspect of getting the ball near the basket where you're not putting the ball down low and you got your footwork down and you're not traveling and you just get it, put it back up, catch the ball, footwork. That's all we need. These guys don't have to be monsters. And it'll be Dwight Howard or Shaquille O'Neal. They just got to clog the middle. You know, two centers with five fouls that are going to just yeah, make disruptive. every every dang shot near the basket difficult. Smack and, the ball. Right. And as long as they work on the little stuff like their hands, their footwork, the mental aspect of just being around the basket with the ball, then, I, I mean, we're, we're fine. We're going to be in – Better position, I feel like, than we were this year. We saw what we, we had with, the, with those two this year, and now Sadibi's going to be healthy, and it's going to give him an extra year to work on the stuff that that's glaringly obvious that they need to work on. Um, all right. Um, Howard Washington, he uh, went out earlier this year with what was the ACL, and mm-hmm. and um, he's had his surgery, and he, he was taken out for the rest of the year because of that. He's sitting on the bench watching the games. And... We didn't get to see a whole lot of him either this year. No. But, um, you know, he helped out when we were in foul trouble. He put in decent minutes. I mean, I don't know yeah. what else we expected out of him, right? So yeah. uh, he'll he'll most likely be back next year, uh, barring a transfer. But he's a Buffalo – he's from Buffalo, and yeah. he grew up a Syracuse fan. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere either. But I just thought I'd throw it out there. So, you know – I mean, what do you? What did you see? Really, did we see enough this year to really gauge a Howard Washington coming back uh, as a junior or sophomore? Excuse me. I don't know if you can gauge his potential, but I think I saw enough. I think, I mean, I, I, to speak for me personally, I thought that he was going to redshirt all the way, but then you know the, the stuff that happened happened. People left and got hurt, and he had to step up. He was the third guard with a scholarship on the team, so. Uh, but what I did see, I did see a player that, I mean, he's obviously needs to get a little bit bigger, work on his physical attributes as far as, you know, faster, you know, lateral movement, getting stronger. But he he looked pretty confident when he was out there that year. Yeah, like, I this thought year. so. I, and, I, he wasn't, and he wasn't, like, nervous to, to shoot open jumpers, and that's only going to get better as well. Uh, right. And with this year, I think, again, it's it's almost going to be a blessing in disguise with some of these players. I mean, Moyer, he can't redshirt, and Dolge probably won't because he's he can just contribute. But the minutes that these guys have, just like Washington being able to play, um, that's, that's good experience. And then you're going to go into next year where, I mean, you're going to have two more years where you can just get physically ready because next year Washington's he's probably not going to play. He, uh, he tore his ACL late, and sometimes that takes a little while to come back from. And by the time he's even probably going to be cleared to play, you're talking the season's probably going to be close to being started. So it would not surprise me in the least bit if Howard Washington does actually uh, redshirt next year, considering that we do have a guard, you know, a couple guys coming in that's probably going to be able to play over him anyway. So yeah, it's just- uh, that's, that's where I see him. But at the end of the day, you're talking about – after next year, he's going to be a redshirt sophomore, and I think he's going to be a lot more uh, physically ready and mature enough. And he's definitely, I don't know about starting, but I mean, he's definitely going to be a guard that's going to be able to come off the bench. You know, a Scoop Chardin uh, or a Josh Pace type comes to mind. Um, some guys that might not start till later in their career, but they're definitely contributors. And that's the kind of guy that I feel like he's going to turn into. So Yeah, it's probably a good comparison later in the career, like a, like a Scoop. You know, he's only 6'3", so... Um, right. Yeah, all right. Well, then we've got, last on the on this year's roster, we got Elijah Hughes, um, transfer. So Sitting we, out, yep. Yeah, we, we haven't seen him um, 
play, obviously, college ball. But, uh, well, I guess you have, he's got tape out there, but he, he hasn't played for us. But, yeah, um, no, yeah. Um, so, I mean, what do we know? What do we know about Elijah Hughes? I, I will tell you one thing. I know he is, he is pumped to play. Oh, yeah. I know that. So, oh, especially we, sitting out and watching. Yes, there was, a, exactly. there was a, an article throughout the year when he saw, you know, the guys struggling and all those minutes being played, yeah. knowing that he could help on the bench, but obviously he's ineligible. So, yeah, um, that was very frustrating. Up. Uh, for him, I know that he was interested in Syracuse, and uh, he was a late bloomer in high school. And um, we actually didn't um, we actually didn't take him because Tyus Battle took a scholarship. So if Tyus Battle didn't take a scholarship, then it probably would have ended up going to him. He went to East Carolina for a year. He broke his foot early in um, in the the basketball practice in the season, and um, he missed a certain amount of games. I think he only played in about 20 games. Uh, averaged like nine points. Um, had some good ones, but he was a little inconsistent. He gained some weight after he had broken his foot, so he wasn't really in, in playing uh, shape. But then he got homesick, so he decided to transfer, and that's when we decided to, to take that on. And there's just been nothing but rave reviews about him since he's been there. I mean, he's 6'5", 6'6". You know, somewhere between 190 to 200 pounds as a physical guard. And again, he was a late bloomer in high school. That's why he didn't really get recruited too high. Uh, he was a three-star. But um, there's a lot of people saying that um, that even coming into the Midnight Madness and, and just practicing this year, that he was one of the better players uh, on the court. So he's definitely someone to look forward to. And uh, I don't know where he's going to fit in, depending on who comes back. But... It's definitely somebody that's we could have definitely used coming off the bench uh, oh, this yeah. year. That's so, for sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, we've got a few new faces coming in besides Elijah Hughes. We haven't seen him much. He's a new face too. Uh, Darius Baisley. Darius Baisley. They. Yeah. Uh, well, first, I'm going to start by by saying that um, looking at two four seven sports. Right now, we have the 23rd ranked uh, class. We've fallen a little bit because we haven't added anybody. Um, but Darius Baisley, he's a five-star, 6'9", 200-pound um, small forward. He's ranked eighth nationally, and um, he's just a force to be reckoned with. He can drive the ball. He can shoot. Uh, he's <laughs> he's definitely going to be a guy that can come in and contribute right away. And like I said, I, I mean, I love Dolce, and, and depending on how this Baisley kid uh, comes in and learns this zone, then maybe Doge will, he'll start maybe early in the season. Maybe they'll use Baisley as a six man like we did with Deion Waiters when he came in, but uh but this is gonna be a tough guy to keep off the court. Yeah, that's uh, it's so exciting, right? I mean Yeah. <laughs> yep. So it's definitely exciting. Um six three guard, Jalen Carey. Jalen Carey, he's another guy that's gonna come in and this is the reason why I think that that Howard Washington is going to be able to redshirt next year, especially with, you know, being freshly off that ACL um, injury. But um, also probably the reason why some people aren't going to have uh, a bigger, as big a leash this year, or, uh, next year as they did this year. Like we talked about, there's a lot of times where in the, in the past, a player makes a bad play, you take him right out. And then you see that happened every once in a while with Chukwe and Sidibe and Moyer and Dolje or something like that. But uh, Howard, Washington, Battle, all those guys, like it didn't matter what they did. They weren't coming out. And uh, next year, 
with Elijah Hughes and Jalen Carey coming in, it's not going to be the case. Right. Absolutely. So this yeah. guy, he's a four star, six three, hundred seventy uh, seventy pound uh, point guard. He's ranked fifty sixth in the class, and again, like I said, he's uh, he's definitely going to be a guy that's that's going to be coming in and, and helping out and contributing. All right. Well, then we've got then we've got old buddy. We got Buddy Beheim, six five guard. Um, yep. Does Buddy? What are the chances of? I think I'm not sure if we talked about this on the show or privately, but does Buddy Beheim maybe redshirt because of? Because of I think a lot of well, and, and we talk about this, and we can only talk about it with with what we know right now. Uh, I think some of this conversation, some of these um, opinions that I have, would change depending on who stays and if everybody, if you know, if, if people leave and right. stuff like that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Because if everybody comes back, I think that Buddy Beheim absolutely red shirts. Uh, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't. Just to be able to get himself uh, get a little bit more little physically bit. Yeah. prepared. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's going to be a wing guy. I don't know if he's going to be. Uh, I don't know about his guard. lateral quickness up top. And they say that he might grow another one or two uh, inches. So he gets to six 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 seven with some of his uh, wingspan that he's got because he is kind of long arms, lengthy kid, uh, and he can shoot the ball. So obviously, if you can shoot the ball and get dangerous, but I don't think it's, it's one of those things where he's not going to play just because he's the coach's kid. You know, if we got players out there, usually Beheim doesn't like to go eight or nine deep usually anyway. So, I mean, um, probably eight is good for Beheim. I think, I mean, coming off of a season where you got like six and a half, (laughs) eight. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what it's going to be because you know, like I said, it all comes down to who, who comes back. Yeah, because if who comes back, if Howard and Battle come back, they're starting. Well, you know Howard's coming back. I, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't. Right, but I'm saying if everyone comes back, you're talking about a a Howard and, and Battle with Brissett, Dole, uh, Chukwu, and probably Baisley. Right, and then you're also talking about uh, Jalen Carey, Elijah Hughes, Dolje, and Sidibe. Obviously, Sidibe would come in for Chukwu, but. You're talking about trying to fit in. Where's Hughes going to go? Are we going to try to fit him in on the wing and go small and put some shooters in? Or is he going to come in for Battle and Howard? And then Jalen Carey, what's he going to do? So there's a lot of um, of question marks. And obviously, I mean, there's a lot of good depth there. But, I mean, with that right there, you're talking nine deep. And that's, I mean, the possibilities are endless as far as how you can change the way that you uh, that you coach and play your game. And like I said, I doubt Highly, highly doubt that if everyone comes back with this amount of talent, that we're going to be playing <laughs> playing the games that we did. This the little uh, slow the pace down freaking rock fights that we played in uh, yeah, this year. So it was like a lot of people complain, "Oh, it's terrible to watch." I just became so accustomed to it that I didn't think it was hard to watch at all. No, because well, because you well, you have to look at it realistically. Just because you might play a certain way or this, this or that, like you have to, some. Sometimes you're, the hand is dealt the way that it's dealt. You have seven players, inexperienced, limiting offensive so, possessions for the other team. I mean, you have right, no choice. Exactly. So you have. There's been times. There's been teams just like this before, and, and you know, a coach is smart when they change the way that they play to the personnel that they have. If their personnel can't 
play the way you normally play. You got to figure out the best way to win and then you make it happen. So this year it was ugly. Fans of Syracuse probably didn't want to watch it, but I thought it was great. Well, once you realize, yeah, once, once you, you understand yeah, right. that yeah, this true. is what it is, that there's a method yeah. to the madness. So why are we doing it this? Why are we doing that? Like because that's the only, that's what we have to do to win. Yeah. Exactly. So you know we can play all fast and huck jump shots and we'll lose by twenty. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what do you want to do? Yeah. So. Instead of instead of Duke, you know, shoot what they shoot um, fifty one. They put up fifty one shots from the floor. They'd be putting up seventy one. Easy. You play right. it. You you play at a pace like that. Right. So. And that's why they you do just it. Can't they have no do offense. It. You got to play yeah. to your personnel, man. Yeah, absolutely. And that brings me to this: the coaching this year I thought was amazing, especially down the stretch in the tournament. I mean, Joe, you you've mentioned it, and you and I have had a lot of private discussions about the the Bayheim bashing all season. Like, you people realize that this is probably I'm going to go ahead and say it. This is probably his second best coaching job of his career. At least that I can remember growing. I've been watching Syracuse basketball since I can remember before I even knew what the hell was going on. So huh. second best besides the I mean, the national championship has got to be first. He won a national championship. What he right. did with this team this year was amazing. I think it was absolutely amazing. And Beheim gave all the credit to the kids uh, last night in the press conference. But he's he's a, not a Hall of Fame coach. Um, because he's been around for forty something years, he's oh, a Hall yeah. of Fame and coach. He's had runs he's like this. We've had runs like this before, expected and unexpected. But there was always deeper, more experienced, better teams overall. Right. Even if you look at the '96 run that we had with John Wallace, Otis Hill, those guys, we might not have had the best players, but we that was a senior laden team. Yeah. That was an old, experienced team. So, it's, I mean, again, we could talk about it all day long, but. Definitely, like you said, I mean, it's it's hard-pressed to find another season where he had a comparable team that did as, as good because he hasn't had a team like this for a while. So, Yeah, not to his own doing, too. I mean, it's just just circumstantial. You got all these, these Syracuse fans that are upset, and they're talking about NITs the last couple of years and calling for Jim Beheim's head. I mean, all you have to do is just look back at – before these sanctions, you look back five years ago, uh, year before Ty- Tyler Ennis was there, would we made a Final Four run and uh, lost to Michigan in the Final Four. Uh, next year, we had oh, Tyler right. Ennis. We started off 25-0. and 0. I think we were ranked number one at some point. So you're talking about right there. I mean, we're at the top. We're one of the better teams in the country. All of a sudden, these sanctions come along next year. We take ourselves out of the postseason. It was Rakeem, Rakeem Christmas's senior year. So, oh, you know, yeah. and then we get, you know, we have the sanctions, NCAA, everything. So people are looking down. What happens the next year? We make the tournament as a 10 seed, go to the final four. I mean, you just look at it and it's the next year. Last year, we had some great teams or some great games, but, you know, we didn't make it uh, NIT bid. Then this year we come back kind of a bubble team again, bubble team three, four years in a row. Bubble get in. But we get in, and what do we do? Make a run to the Sweet 16. So, I mean, you have all these teams calling for Jim Beheim's head. We, we, we fought sanctions. We, we fought scholarship reductions. And within the last – I mean, you look at the last six tournaments, and we still, throughout all that, have made two Final Fours and a Sweet 16 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And we lost in the second round the one year when we had Tyler Ennis. I mean, so we've only missed the tournament two times, and one of it, it was self-imposed. And yeah, we still yeah, made I mean, these runs with all these limitations and only 10 scholarships available. And this year we only had seven scholarship players. So I just don't understand, you know, uh, you know, why, why people are walking to the ledge on the Syracuse team and Jim Bam and everything. And, and again, now our sanctions are over with, we've, we've, we've filled our punishment and now we have a, a class coming in next year. So if we have certain people that stay and then this class comes in, I think that it's comes full circle back to, you know, right where we were right where we were with Tyler Ennis and, you know, the final four team the year before that and teams with CJ fair. Uh, and, and it just looks like we're going to be fine coming through these sanctions. We had some rough, we had some rough seasons, but if those past three seasons, a rough of, season, you know, I mean, like I said, we self-imposed and then the last three years we've been bubble teams. So albeit we've been bubble teams one year. We didn't make it for the last team out. Another year we were the last team in. Another year we were a ten seed, made a final four, made a sweet sixteen. So I mean, how can you it's complain? A hell of a coaching job. It, it, <laughs> that's what I mean. Hell yeah. of a coaching job. And as a fan, how can you complain? You have to be able it's to look at it and see. Of the, it's because of the dynamic, the, the 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 how we had to play the games this year, and we touched on that, and that's what it was this year. It was how they had to play the games. This wasn't the Syracuse team we're used to seeing. We usually right. have some kind of offense. And and we were all defense this year, and yeah. it was just a different dynamic. And 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 it, it, I think it confused a lot of people. It confused us at, at first a little bit. I mean, you know, you're used to a specific type of play, and then when you realize, wow, this team's just really not that good offensively, right. and and then you start to get it, and that's why he coaches and we talk about it. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. So, um, but yeah, hey. Stay positive. I think that we do our best to stay positive. I think we're realistic. I don't think we're like, you know, um, I don't think we're overly so, homerish. Yeah, I don't think we're so orange that we can't see the truth about certain things. And we're objective enough to realize, you know, what, you know, to our own to, to criticize our own team in, in a fair manner. So, right. um, so. All right, Joe, well, I want to end with this. I think it was a great season for us. I love basketball season, um, yep. and it's what this podcast started as. We do football, too. Joe loves football season. So we will be doing the football season. We're always going to be doing episodes. They're not going to be – obviously, there's no games to be played, but there will be episodes, so the best thing you can do is subscribe to whatever platform you listen on, and we'll be right there in your directory or your library. And I want to thank Joe. I could never do this show with anybody else but Joe. And oh, stop it. he's awesome. I'm making him blush. I, I'm not trying to be mushy, but I love Joe. He's awesome. I've known Joe since he was knee high to a grasshopper. And I used oh, to be able on. I used to be able to tie his ass up. And um, I can't do that anymore because he's way bigger than me now. So, <laughs> but uh, uh, I am so fortunate to have Joe do this podcast with me. And and he's he and I love him. He's great. So Joe, oh, thanks I appreciate for another, it, buddy. I appreciate it. I, I've had a great time doing it. Yeah, we have it's a lot of fun. Over. This this we love doing the show. It ain't going anywhere. So help spread the word for us. And so, we got spring football and football recruiting news. So yeah. we'll be okay. A little bit of lacrosse. We'll sprinkle it in there. Yeah, beat Duke uh, today. Beat Duke today. It's a, a decent consolation prize, I guess. I was pretty excited. So that's our door prize. <laughs> yeah, it's our right. participation trophy. Yeah, our participation trophy. That's right. <laughs> so uh, that's it. Basketball season's wrapped up. 
we will be back. We're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna do the the NCAA episode for the investigation. And we'll probably do some other things here and there. So um, be on yep. the lookout. We'll be around. We'll be on Facebook. We'll be on Twitter. So that's it for Joe. I'm Sean. We are out. Go Q. You just heard the Q Nation podcast with Sean and Joe.